In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, Troy Story, let's go. Let's do it, man. This is, this, this is all a buzz in Arizona. Troy, <laughs> Troy Story. I love it. How you doing, man? How you doing, CT? Doing well. Doing well. I uh, obviously scuffled two outings ago and then uh, responded to my last one, uh, to that to that outing and my last one with the save opportunity, which uh really grateful to Iggy Suarez, my manager out in Greenville, who's the manager for the Glendale Desert Dogs out here. Um, not too often as a bullpen guy where you, you have a, you have a little bit of a clanker and outing before, and then you get the save opportunity of the next, uh, your next outing. So, uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity out of Iggy and the pitching coach, Dave Anderson, DA, as we call him, uh, with the Dodgers. And, uh, so they still trusted me and gave me the opportunity and I took advantage. So that, gotta, that's, that's what fun. a good manager does, by the way. Yeah. That, that's what a good manager does. I've seen that. Um, and I was just telling you, you know, we just did podcast with Joe Kelly, and I, I, he's perf- he's the example of that. I always remember 2018, first game of the year, he blows it, like he blows it, like they first game of the year, gives it up four runs, Cora comes right back, boom, next day. I mean, that's what a good manager does, and that's how you respond. That's what a good pitcher does is mm-hmm. respond. So we're gonna get to that in, in a second. First of all, like, how does Peoria have like almost a 900 OPS team OPS? Like, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> I've got no idea. Those guys are uh, they're getting hot, man. They're getting hot, and we actually, I think we took two. We took two from them this week. Uh, the Glendale Desert Dogs running through three win streaks. So, all right, let's go. Yeah. So this is one of the things I was talking to, like, um, for a team executive and. They're talking about the Arizona Fall League. He said, listen, it's tough to pitch in that league. It just is. I mean, it's, it's just everything about it is tough to pitch in that league. But in, I, I, I think that that's good, right? I mean, it's good to have tough things thrown at you. But for you, what has been the challenge? Just the difference maybe is the, um, the environment, the talent level, the, the fences. I don't know, but do you, like, do you get a different vibe pitching there? I mean, definitely, right? Like, we have three, 500 fans max uh, at every game, which, um, I mean, even for minor league baseball, like, even, even in Loy Salem, we were getting, we were getting more fans than that. Um, so I think that's, that's probably the first thing, right? Like, there's just less, less buzz, less, uh, less energy from the crowd. Um, but I mean, that's not, that's not an excuse. I mean, I think, I think that, you know, the way that, the way that we operate, the way that pitchers operate, or at least for myself, right? Like I'm looking at this, like it's an opportunity. 
I'm playing against really good players, really good competition, and I want to see how I stack up. So for me, it's it's I don't know. I've never really thought about it being more difficult to pitch here. It just seems like uh, it's just another opportunity. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I again, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've never pitched in the Arizona Fall League, so I don't know if you know that. But it's 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 uh yeah. I mean, I just was I was curious. I'm not making any excuses for good outing, bad outings, or whatever. But you know, I'm trying to sort of get the vibe and get the the picture painted, which is like I forget about the crowds, man. Like that is a very real thing. You go to backfields. So, uh, going through spring training, this is people don't know, like this is a thing too, right? You know, you backfields, spring training. There's like friends and family is generous. You know, I, it, it's, it's not always easy to not pitch in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's part of the battle, right? Like, how do you stay focused? How do you bring the same amount of energy regardless of where you are? Um, and I mean, that's, 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 that's part of the grind. That's part of the, that's part of the obstacles. Yeah. So, Hey, let me ask you something that's been weighing on my mind. What you got? How do you eat? Like, do, I, do, do they give you a per diem? Um, no, the fall league, they're actually doing a really good job. I heard horror stories before I came out here, um, about years pr- uh, prior previously. Um, but this year dude, it's been, I got no complaints. Obviously there's, there's a meal that are met that will miss, uh, maybe one or two. So we get to the field. Uh, we've got a meal there waiting for us. And then we've got a pregame meal and then we've got a postgame meal. So you got three meals really, um, at the field. Um, and I mean, if the, if a meal postgame isn't, isn't, isn't what you want, then, you know, maybe you have a little bit of a cheat day. You'll get in and out, especially a guy like me, you know, grew up on the West Coast and, and oh. spent the whole, spent the whole summer on the East Coast. So whenever I come back, you know, there's two things that I really, really miss and that's, in and out one, and then two is Mexican food. So, so no per diem, no per no diem, diem, right? Okay. Uh, do you get? I mean, this is I. I'm just trying to paint the picture once again. Do you get paid? Yeah, we get. Uh, I believe it's AAA money. Okay. Uh, Ooh. All right. Yeah, it's a let's, little bit of a pay raise. Let's go. Um, <laughs> and now, I don't believe you eat in and out because you've reached full muscle capacity. You can't you can't even get it. You're, you're just all you try to do is maintain. But hey, listen, you're young and the metabolism is kicking in. So I remember talking to your teammate in Portland, Alex Benellis. We mentioned on the last podcast because he said he's fast. Um, but we we're talking about per diem in, in the minors. Right. And he think he said it was like 30 bucks. It's like, well, how does the 30 bucks work? He's like, well, you know, you. You eat, what was it? It wasn't, in, obviously it wasn't in and out. It's in the East Coast, but it was, uh, but it was some fast food waffle house or something like, you know, it's like you, you eat, you eat, you spend some money on a crappy lunch and then you spend some more money on an even crappier like meal at midnight at waffle house. It's, this is the real challenge. Like it is tough, man, to like, to maintain full muscle capacity to eat right. To do that yeah. stuff. I mean, I know you're a disciplined guy, but you know what I'm saying, right? No, I mean, I think it's tough too, right? I mean, you got to think about the cities that we play in, right? Especially the lower level minor leagues. Like, it's all you know, Waffle House. I mean, you're lucky if you've got a Waffle House around you. You know, usually, usually, I mean, and then you think about our, our, our eating schedules, right? Like, there's not that many places that are open <laughs> after games at like 11 o'clock in some small, in some small country town out in, I don't know, Virginia, West Virginia. Um, so, you know, you might have a McDonald's, you might have a Waffle House, um, 
but no, it's tough, man. It's tough. And I think for me, like I, I've been blessed to, uh, well, there's pros and cons, right? Like born big body. So I don't necessarily need as much calories as, as the next guy might. Um, so I, I don't mind foregoing the McDonald's or the Waffle House at midnight and going to sleep a little bit, a little, a little extra hungry. But I mean, the same thing when you get to breakfast, right? Usually they've got some good breakfast spots around. Um, as long as I got a Starbucks, though, I'm good. I got, I get a little sausage, egg and cheddar sandwich and oh! Starbucks. And that's my, uh, that's my pregame breakfast routine. So let me ask you this. Now, even yeah. in with your teammates now, do guys understand that? Do you guys do the JJ Watt? I got to get my 12 hours and, and nail my diet. I mean, I guess it's probably all over the place. I, I don't know if you've, you've come across a guy, whether it's there or in the minor leagues, like who it's the extreme of, of, of going all TB12, you know, besides yeah. yourself. I, I, I don't know if yeah. there's anyone who jumps out. It's like, wow, man, this guy is. Like, I wouldn't even put myself up there, dude. It's, I mean, it's really tough to do that. I don't know anyone. It, I don't know anyone that does it, right? Like, if you if you get to the field and you know some catering company that 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 maybe doesn't do a good job. Um, I remember in Greenville this year, uh, the whole team was pretty upset. We we got to the field and there's not. This is where where were we? I f- forget the name of it. Um, I'm trying to think. It's going to bug me. But anyways, we're at this we're at this really obscure place out in the middle of nowhere. Nothing around us to eat. We show up to the field hungry, and uh, there was like one chicken drumstick, like, what? A little, like a little thing of rice, and then like a couple pieces of broccoli. And uh, I remember, I remember we were all pretty upset. And uh, and Iggy's like, Iggy was like, "Hey, you don't like it? Play better." He was like, "They're good at the big leagues." Oh really? Really? Oh man, master motivator. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. I mean, shoot. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you come back with? You know, what do you say to that? <laughs> That's. I mean, people don't understand CT. Like, see, it's. I remember Chris Murphy telling me, like, being dropped in Portland in the middle of the year, and this is when they didn't get housing. It was like he lost money playing baseball. It's kind of nuts. Like, I, I know that. Like, again, that you get sort of housing now. It's getting a little bit better, but. To, to the point of whether it's at the Arizona Fall League or in the minor leagues, wherever it is, it is you're a young guy and you are young guys and you're trying to stay disciplined and living lives and everything else like that. And again, you're a disciplined guy, I can tell. But still, this is a very real challenge, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I will say this, you know, I never, like I got drafted in 21, uh, which I think was the first year that they really – where all those like CBA changes came out, I yeah. Don't I'm not, I don't stay too up to date with that. I usually, just get a text from my agent, like, hey, yeah, dude. yeah. Um, but dude, I mean, I mean, I honestly, the way that we've had it, we've had it, we've had it a lot better than I've heard of years previous. So, um, I mean, we're making we're making what 30k a year now, right around there, depending on what level you're at, getting paid 46 out of 52 weeks, and that 30k. I mean, obviously, it's not that much money, but um, what expenses are we paying? You know, we're not paying for housing. We're not paying yeah. for food, uh, unless you want unless you want extra food. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, uh, I can't complain all that much, man. Especially compared to what the minor leaguers had to face prior to twenty twenty one. We got week long road trips. That's nice, right? You, you spend a week at home, week week on the road, 
and it's all one place. Whereas before, you know, they were playing three games, hopping on an eight hour bus ride, driving through the night, showing up the next day and playing. Right. So there's, there's, there's definitely ways that's gotten better. And, you know, I didn't experience all that, but I can say that I'm, I'm happy to be, Happy to be drafted when I was, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was t- planning on taking a week in Huntsville out of Alabama. That was it's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, the uh, hey. So speaking of places you are at, you're in Arizona, hence the Troy story, life in the Arizona Fall League. Um, I said this, et like I was at the Phillies game for a couple series now, and I said if if teams should send as many players as they can to these games, to these postseason games. They should. And I'll say it again. Like, if I could buy you a ticket to the Diamondbacks game, or if you could get in somehow, or whatever, this is absolutely part of the development process. I, I am telling you, you're like, your heart rate will be, it'll be crazy. I don't know if you're going to be able to get over there, or if, if you could feel the buzz. I mean, the whole clubhouse has been talking about how we're going to make this work. Uh, cause obviously we're <laughs> to coming back into town. Um, but I just don't think it's going to line up, man. I think we're going to be playing. Um, when we have a day game, they're playing the day game. When we're, when we have a night game, they're playing night games. So, um, I just don't think it's going to line up, but no, dude, I, I, you know, watching it on TV, obviously you don't get the same feel, but I remember going to the world baseball classic with, um, Mike Romero, Roman Anthony, Cutter Coffee. Uh, those guys this last spring training and I mean I couldn't agree more dude I, I love to just be at those games and just watch watch how those players handle themselves watch how they watch how they watch how they navigate how much energy is going on in the stadium because I couldn't agree more I think I think that that's probably going to be the biggest change between minor leagues and major leagues it's just oh. the amount of energy in the stadium I don't know if I've ever played in front of that much energy no man so you guys went over to Miami yeah we did we drove oh which which game? Which so it was the uh, it was the championship game? I think it was the U.S. versus uh, Japan. Holy crap! Yeah, we saw Shohei and Mike Trout face each other. He, man, how did you get tickets? Um, we bought them. You did? We bought them. He, he didn't pay face value for them. No way. I mean, wasn't it? It sold. Did. I think I bought my ticket like two hours before we before we. You did? Them. Oh yeah. The, uh, yeah, so it's funny because I mean, first of all, congratulations! Like oh, that, that is <laughs> that that is, uh, uh, no, not not just uh, not being there. Like that was that was awesome. That, that was like the best baseball game of the year. Yeah, it I mean, was awesome. Yeah, did you have de- did you have decent seats? Mm-hmm. You did. We were down. We were down the right field line, uh, a little ways back. But I mean, it was it was nice to be a fan for the day. You know, it's not too often that we get to be fans. So. um no, dude, it was, it was, but that's, it was, but so you're talking, you're talking about exactly what I'm talking about, which is sometimes it's okay. Like I was talking to, um, uh, Marcelo Meyer when I talked to him, you know, whenever what that was a month or so ago and he went to Fenway yeah, and he, he's walking out and he said, you know, I, all I could think of walking back to my hotel was how can I get back here as a player? Heck I, yeah. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't, did you have that vibe? Do you have that feeling? 100 percent dude i went to uh i went to fenway um and it was actually a game that, that they were getting they were getting beat pretty bad um but even still it was um i don't know if you remember bear claws game where they were <laughs> you went to that game and, yeah wait that was that is that the same game that marcelo went to no, no no he went to the dodgers game he went to the dodgers yeah. game he went yeah to yeah the no oh you went to the bear claw game 
Dude, I went there and I remember I remember I felt like I was wearing it with him. Obviously, you know, it's tough to say that, but I, I was just feeling for him, dude. And and you know, they called him up and um they're short staffed in the bullpen. Guys were on short rest and in a big game, needed him to eat some innings and I mean he just had one of those days, right? And yeah, he's he's a good guy, man. He did get in the team picture though. So that's awesome. yeah. Good for him. For him, but no, dude, I remember. I remember watching those games, and dude, you can't help but to relate to yourself. You can't help but to put yourself in their shoes and think, man, I wish I could be here. I wish I could be here. So it definitely keeps you going. It keeps you. Moving. Yeah, it's good. So um, speaking of the WBC, you reminded me. I don't know if you saw Merrill Kelly's. Uh, so before he pitched Game Two, he yeah. he said he said, oh, you know, I don't know if Citizens Bank Park is going to be as good as the Venezuela game. I don't know if you saw that, right? Did see that, yes. Yeah, so CT, so I go out. I made a point of going out to the bullpen because in, in Philadelphia, like the fans are like, boom, right there over the right bullpen. You? Oh, right there. And I was like, I got to see this guy walk up in front of these people. And it was relentless. And I'm going to tell you what, like, so there's a couple takeaways. Number one, so I'm like, yeah, you know, this is going to be funny. Uh, video people, whatever. But then I was sort of like, eh, people are, some of the people are just doing it just to be assholes, just to be like, whatever, you know, you like, yeah. you, it's not really like the pat, it wasn't true passion. It was like, Hey, I'm going to yell something. Look at your friend. Look at what I did. But at the same time, I'm thinking, holy mackerel, like this guy is warming up to getting ready for the biggest game of his life in this box of people overhanging him. And speaking of Joe, I, we were talking about this on the last podcast. He was like, yeah, you don't usually talk back to these guys. But what I would do is I'm surprised that no one caught it, that I would give him the finger in my wine up. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I don't know, like if even because there can be like three people in the stands, but yeah. those bullpens that you guys pitch in still like they're close to the field. Like, I don't know if you ever have to fend off that dynamic at all. Uh, I mean, probably the best taste that I got at that was, uh, was in Somerset and it was right before my double A debut. Uh, but there's just a bunch of kids like overhanging on the sides, just, just asking for balls and asking to sign their stuff. And I mean, it's not like that's, that's not even comparable probably to what Merrill Kelly's going through after, <laughs> after, after lighting a little bit of a fire under Philadelphia under the bank. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, dude, that was probably that was probably my like my first like kind of like real taste of like okay, I got to block these guys out. Like I just I, I that just makes me got to focus more on the glove more. Um, but yeah, dude, it didn't, honestly, it didn't work out too well for me there at Somerset, my first double out. <laughs> all right, well, listen, it's 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 all part of the process, and in this case, so every pitch and this video, I think Barstool Philly has it, and uh, like I said, I took some video, but I was like, yeah. I don't want to give some of these guys like pub, but it's, yeah. it's every, every pitch that wasn't exactly in the strike zone, everyone would be like, Oh, oh, Merrill. Wow. oh yeah. And so have you ever been heckled at all? Like heckled ever anywhere? Mm, I mean, a little bit in college, especially at, uh, especially at, at the regionals that we played at playing Oklahoma state, actually at Arizona, um, got some heckling going on, but. Nothing. Honestly, never, never, nothing as bad as what I've seen coming okay. out of the league, dude. I think that that's, I mean, I can't imagine there's many other places in the in the country that 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 are. Um, nah, it's nuts. That crazy. And 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 it's Philadelphia, Toronto has a new bullpen. 
Um, but hey, listen, like again, it's all part of the process. I'm going to come out to Arizona and heckle you just for practice. I want to keep it. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, it's all again, it gets all part of it. Um, <laughs> no, no, I will be your biggest supporter. I will be uh, cheering for you. Um, so I, I do want to go back to your outing, right? So I felt bad. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I felt bad because you had that bad outing, probably one of the worst that you've ever had, right? Yeah. Like, I think five hits, no outs, two walks, something like that. I felt bad because the the common theme or the theme in that was you just did your first appearance on Troy Story for Baseballs and Boring, like, the day before. And I'm like, there is no there is no chance he's ever coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even think about it. Uh, well, I mean, I felt bad. I felt bad. And... But at the same time, it's, and I, you handled it so well. And I think, and you can take us through this, like, because I think this is all good part of the conversation of everyone has these things. And how, like you said, how you respond and you come back and you're really good. But, uh, but you get off social media for a day or something. Take, 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 take me through it. Take me through it. Give me, give me the insight. All right. So, uh, it was a day game. I believe it was Wednesday. Um, and Wednesday day game, obviously, you just read the stat line. It was four hits, uh, two walks without recording an out, gave up five earn. Um, and then on the way back, dude, I'm fuming, right? Like, thoughts are going crazy in my mind. I'm upset. Uh, not responding to my mom who watched the outing, you know, she's <laughs> like, it's okay, but, you know, be, be the supportive Bob that she is. Uh, a couple of my friends saw the stat line. So, you know, everyone's texting me, check it, check, try to check in on me. And, um, dude, I just put my phone down. I was like, I cannot, I can't look at this right now. I just gotta, I just gotta, I just gotta wait till my thoughts get cleared out. And, you know, we were talking the day before about, you know, how much I journaled and how much, yeah, uh, how much yeah. I was taking notes. And so as soon as I got back from the game, I had a, I had a podcast scheduled with Andrew Parker and Ed yep. Hamp that night. Um, and I was, con- I was seriously considering canceling and I was just like, Hey guys, I'm, and I'm sure that they would have understood. They were super understanding, uh, even when I hopped on with them, but, um, I started journaling and about my outing and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there and see what happens. Um, and so I wrote, wrote the thread. And it ended up being 10, 15 minutes late to the, uh, the podcast, but I wrote the thread, got a lot of traction. Um, and then we talked about the thread a little bit that, that night on the Andrew Parker at hand podcast. Um, and honestly, I was waiting for them to, waiting for them to publish it. I don't know if they will publish it though. Uh, the, the part one, I told them, I told them I'd come back for part two, more level headed. Um, but I kind of wanted them to publish part one just because I feel like it was still raw. And, and most of the time, you know, day games, day games a little bit tougher just because you have the whole rest of your day, um, to kind of sit on it. I typically try to flush it, you know, as soon as I wake up the next morning, bad or good, like I'm just on to the next. Um, so I was still, still allowing myself to fill it a little bit. Um, and then the next day I still didn't get back to anybody, didn't respond to anybody, you know, Twitter. I didn't respond to any, any of the engagements on the thread. Like, bro, I didn't even, I didn't even look at the thread again. Like I did not care to see how it was doing. And so until the next day I came back and I was like, okay, obviously got a lot of notifications. Um, I'll go through and, and start to, start to engage back with them. So, um, I mean, in my mind, like 
you can get you can get you can get shuffled up, you can get scuffed, you can get punched in the mouth, right? But I mean, it's it's, it's this game's all about response. I think, and I think that's a little bit of a metaphor for life, you know, not to get too deep into it. But I mean, you could fall down seven times, get up eight, you know, classic the classic cliche, uh, keep going. And 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 for me, that's that's how I try to take the bad ones, especially with the good ones. I think the good ones are a little bit tougher for me to flush. It's harder for me to turn the page on a good one than it is uh, to turn the page on a bad one. Had you ever had, I mean, this is a cliche question, but had you ever had something, and I know it's Arizona Fall League, but has you, had you ever had anything like that? Like, had you ever felt that way be, yeah. to that extreme? Yeah. Give, me, give me your worst one that you had to uh, fight through. I'll give you a couple. Okay. Uh, I had an outing in Del Marva last year, uh, low A for the Orioles. Uh, Keir Meredith actually remembered it and brought it up to my attention when he quote tweeted, uh, my thread about this last one. He, he, he quote tweeted it and told the story about my Del Marv outing. Um, came in, walked like six in a row, got yanked, gave up six earned. Um, and, and he, he had a good little, little insight and Keir's my boy. So I appreciate him for, for, for that. Uh, but the worst one by far, and it's probably because, you know, when you're in college, like, you're playing. You're playing with your brothers. It's a little bit more about wins matter a little bit more. Right. Oh yeah, you played for the team. Like this is what we said about minor leagues. I mean, it's it's it is what it is, man. You are playing for yourself. You're on a team and you care about your teammates. But in college, it's a little bit different. So, so sorry. Go ahead. And um, there was an outing at UCLA, which you know we we're fighting for an at-large bid. Um, and 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 whether or not. Whether or not we were going to play in the postseason, I came in. I came in and I think the eighth for like a six out save, uh, maybe four out save. I can't really remember, but I do remember that I walked, came in, walked four, and Coach Jacks yanked me. And that one, dude, that was that 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 felt terrible just because I feel like I let my team down. You know, I felt like, I mean, it was less it was less about my results and less about my stats and and all about just. You know, I'm, I'm a leader in the clubhouse. I try to be a leader. I try to care. I, I do care about my teammates' careers. I do, I do pay attention to their box scores. I do pay attention to their hustle plays in the outfield when I'm watching from the bullpen. And because those things matter, right? After the game to go up to somebody, hey, great effort on that, on that ball at the middle. I know you didn't get him at first, but you stopped him. You stopped the guy from second scoring. Um, and you know, a little tap on the butt. And, and those things go a long way, especially in the clubhouse. And so. I think, I think, I think that outing probably hurts the absolute most, um, just because of how much that game meant to our team and how much that game meant to coach checks and for him to believe in me and to trust in me to get the job done and me not be able to pull through. You one, know, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny because we talk so much about the pitfalls of social media, right? But it is, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. My guess is that this time, once you turned the notifications back on, once you looked at your phone, it wasn't a bad thing, man. Like it was like a lot of people, a lot of people you knew, a lot of people you didn't know. Like this is the thing. Like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. Like, I don't know if you felt that way or not. Yeah. I mean, I had to get to, I mean, that part of that was getting to that point on my own before I could, before I could turn the notifications on. Right. Um, but yeah, as soon as I turned the notifications on, starting getting back to everybody, you know, it seemed like it seemed like everything was mostly positive, which I was I was a bit uh I wouldn't say concerned, but I really felt like it was it was my first my first time on Twitter, like putting myself really out there. And I was waiting for some trolls to go out there and start telling me how 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 uh, how bad I am. 
um, and didn't see any of that. So, you know, really, really, really grateful for, for the followers, for the fan base that I've kind of built up those last few months. Um, honestly, the Red Sox Twitter community is great and they've been really supportive and I'm happy that, uh, Happy that I bounced back the way yeah, that I did. Yeah, man, you did. And again, what a what a great year. You're going through it, man. Like it's and yeah. and and you know, this is I, I'm not gonna draw a direct correlation, but this also came up speaking of social media. Your teammate Blaze Jordan had a really powerful, really powerful, you know, thread about you know mental health and and then his he had the great idea of documenting his journey, you know, on YouTube. But the but this is part of it, man. Like it's whether it's social media or whether it's expectations or whatever it is. And I don't know, like when you saw Blaze's post, if that hit, if, cause I looked at it and I immediately, like, I think this conversation is so important in baseball. It just is. And thankfully CT, thankfully we're accepting of it more and it's more of a conversation and major league baseball or baseball as a whole is understanding that mental health is really, really important. Um, so I don't know what, what was, what's your thoughts on that on where we're at with that? Yeah. I mean, when I saw Blazes thread, I immediately, uh, texted him and, and engaged with it. I knew that it probably wasn't the best time to call him because his phone was probably blowing up. So I waited the next day, called him and talked to him, talked shop a little bit. Um, but dude, I mean, that's really take some balls to take some balls to do that, to come out, to come out and be that vulnerable, that transparent on uh, social media. So, uh, major props to him. Uh, he dropped his first YouTube video yesterday. Oh, know. he did? I didn't know that. Yeah, he showed uh, he showed his new facility, which I've been I've been I've been blowing him up on like Snapchat text messages, like, dude, show me this facility, show me this facility, because <laughs> I was super excited for him. But now it's sick, so uh, go check it out if you want to go see his new facility that he built in his backyard. Um, but crazy. Um, and then in terms of like mental health, right? So we're understanding that to become the absolute best at anything. Now, now there's a sense of, okay, sleep's got to be really important. Your nutrition's got to be dialed in. Um, and then now your mental health, right? Mental performance. And, and you can't really perform mentally unless you have a healthy mental, right? Like, like mental health is, is the foundation of mental performance. And you can't be, you can't be talking about breath work and you can't be talking about box breathing and all the, and all these meditations and all these other things. If, if, if the mental is just not in a good spot to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of putting the cart before the horse. And so I think, I think, you know, especially the Red Sox, like, I don't know how many other organizations have mental strength coaches. Um, but we've got a few, we've got a whole department of mental strength coaches. And, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of the times it's not even about mental performance. It's about, you know, what are you anxious about? Like what's, what's, what's on your mind? What's going on off the field? You know, are you getting married and, you know, you're having a tough time figuring out how you're going to pull the funds together for, for a wedding? Um, are you, are you, are you anxious? Are you, are you waiting for your next outing? Are you, you know, what are these, all all these different things? Are you sad? Do you miss home? Um, and they really, really are, I guess, empathetic, uh, mm-hmm. to the journey, um, which has been great to see. And I think it brings out the best and it brings out the best in us. And I think that as long as everyone is, is, I guess, open to getting that help or not even getting help, but just to have the conversation, I think that it it becomes a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the big part of it too. Is that you have to be open. What Blaze did, and in case people don't know, Blaze Jordan was a third round pick in um, for the Red Sox in 2020. Really, really good player, Double A player, teammate of CTs, and and um, 
And, uh, and so you have to be accepting of it. And I think that's the great part about this is that the Red Sox or whatever organization can put these people in place, but there has to be an acceptance. And, you know, I talked to um, Christian Arroyo when he got sent down to Worcester. You know, major leaguer gets sent in a mile easier. I'm just not in a good place, man. I'm not in a good place. But he's open about it. And and that you have, no matter what level you're at, you have to have an acceptance. And there is more of an acceptance. And I don't know if, like, and I, I'm not even saying this because you're on this podcast and you do other podcasts and you, you're, like, being able to talk through stuff is, isn't bad, right? Right? It helps me tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. It really helps me. Yeah, I mean, so I wrote the thread, and that's why I mean that's why I'm doing these sorts of things, just because I feel like it, that's that's the best way for me to to flush and to keep a level head um, is to talk and work through these things. Obviously, I've got my support system, which I'm unbelievably grateful for. So, just so you know, when I turn the notifications on, the first person I responded to is my mom. Oh, I mean, she might, but she must have been. I mean, like, listen, as a parent, CT, like. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Because she's like, she probably like, what, what's, what's, where is he? What's happening? And yeah, she, but she probably, she probably has one of those like the things on your on your phone that you don't know about that she's following. She knows where you are. No, she's uh, she she she's not like that. But no, she's good. <laughs> yeah, she's funny. She by the time I got back to her, it was two three text messages telling me that she's gonna figure out. You know how to turn my phone off, and so I'm not going to learn how to use it. So, <laughs> you know, i be a little bit, but I mean, no, it's good. It's good. So, yeah, I responded to my mom, responded to everybody else, and um, I mean, happy to happy to keep going. But no, this is this is this is really what I have found. You know, flushing out ideas like this and writing, journaling, um, those are ways that that I flush it, and I find it to be really healthy. You know, but, you know, there's a flip side of this, right? Like we're talking about mental health and um, as long as we're not, we'll say, we'll say anxiety, depression, whatever you want to call it, but not in the clinical sense, right? Like not like actually diagnosed, but just everyone's got some, everyone's got a depressing thought every now and again. Everyone's got an anxious thought every now and again. But dude, I've, I've learned that baseball doesn't really care how you feel. The game of baseball does not care. You know, when you're on, when you're on the mound, it does not matter if you're nervous. It does not matter if you're confident. It doesn't matter how you feel when you're performing because there's a guy in the box and, and he, I mean, he's trying to put food on the table, you know? So I think, you know, as much as we talk about mental health and obviously it's becoming more of a, more of a conversation, I think we do need to talk a little bit about mental performance and Tim Grover and relentless and the model. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's right. It's not, it's not, it's not all one sided. And I think that that's, not that that not that that we've gotten there, but just to be aware of, right? Like, there's a point where you got to say f how I feel and go compete, and there's a point where you got to say f the process. I need to get a win here. I need to get three outs, and I can't give up a run, and I just need to get the job done. And can you do the job or not? It's it's fairly simple, and so I think that those are. I don't want to say I don't want to say contradicting mindsets because I think you can be both and both at different points. Um, but definitely, definitely thinking about like when it's time to compete, it's time to compete and how you flush and how you work around, you know, what's going on in your off the field life or your mental, like that's 100% on the athlete to make sure that they're doing what they know, what they need, what they know they need to do. And if they don't know what they need to do, we've got an incredible amount of resources around us 
And it's just going to take trial and error, just like anything else, just like your delivery, just how you figure out your swing. It's going to take trial and error. And that's what mental performance is all about. Can I tell you something? So I'm going to give you my my two-cent take on it. Yeah, but, let's hear it. Yeah, so I agree with everything you said, and, and including, like, the fact is that when you get to that point where you're actually competing – like, it doesn't matter, man. It's a results business. It is what it is. And I remember talking to Matt McLean, UCLA guy, sorry. Um, no worries. Yeah. And so he, uh, we were talking about where he landed in the draft. So he was about 17, I think, 17th overall in 2021. And, and he, but he, sometimes he was like supposed to be up there. And I'm like, and he said, listen, when I'm in the box, like the pitcher doesn't care where I was drafted. They don't care where I travel. It doesn't make a difference. It's about either you get the job done and you don't. But the point I wanted to make was everything, all the time we talk about mental performance, it's like taking pr- cuts in a cage. It's like, it's like stretching out. It's like lifting. It's like everything. All of that, the mental perform, the, 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 the preparation you're doing mentally and getting help, all of that is the path to where you're ultimately going, which is competing. So mm-hmm. it's not like to your point, when you get on the mound, it's not like, Oh, well now I'm going to see what the mental performance coach said about this or that. That No, the I don't know if you've ever heard the term, the haze in the barn, the haze in the barn, man, the haze yeah. in the barn, everything's done. That's done. Now it's time to either get the job done or not get the job done. So as that's not, not, that's not having a lap of uh lack of, sympathy or or anything no it's just it's all everything of what we're talking about is preparation for that moment that you brought up ct which is hey listen where the rubber meets the road if you get the out or you don't anyway there you go get off my stool no, that was i mean that's <laughs> that, that was that was way better articulated no <laughs> no you you got you got me fired up you got the adrenaline i mean and that's not to and that's not to sound unempathetic uh to to mental health you know and, and i think that baseball has come a long way so a lot of positives in that direction um in terms of mental health but a lot a lot of uh a lot of also positive direction in terms of just trying to become the optimal performer that you, we can be and and the optimal human being. I mean, it's you know one and the same. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. There you go. All right. Well, question of the. This is a terrible segue. Question. <laughs> question. Question. <laughs> question. Question. Question of the week from Evan O'Brien. Give me your take on Mets prospect slash catcher Kevin Parada. There you go. I do it. I mean, we've uh, we've hung out a few times off the field. He's a good time. Uh, they've got an Airbnb, uh, about five minutes from our apartment. So, you know, we've, we've been over there hot tubbing a couple of times. Um, wait, 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 stop. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, in the place, are you sharing, you share it with Tyler McDonough? You came in, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Do you guys have a hot tub? Uh, we have a, a community hot tub. We're in an apartment complex. Oh, so. okay. Oh, okay. I'm so, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought like the, the the Paradas uh, had had expensed a, a hot tub for the oh, place. No, no, no. No. Okay, all right, all right. So so I came with the Airbnb. Okay, all right. So okay, so you you've been sorry to interrupt. You, so last I heard, it was you're hot tubbing with a Kevin Parada. But go ahead. Yeah, no. So I mean, I, I say all that just to say, you know, I enjoy spending time with him off the field. But um, 
dude's always sharp dressed, which I appreciate because I try to be, I try to be dressed well, um, and presentable to the field. So notice that about him. But then in just about his game, I think his bat's really starting to heat up. Um, I saw him hit an absolute nuke, what, a few days ago, uh, dead center, maybe even right center a little bit. Um, and yeah, I think, I think when he's behind the dish, like there's just a presence about him. So, uh, really have enjoyed playing with him and really have enjoyed spending time with him off the field. You must look at catchers in a different light. Like I just thought of this. This was not on the docket, but like I would, cause I saw your thing about, which always interesting stuff on X Twitter. Um, you're talking about back spinning, back spinning fastballs. And you said a big part of that you thought was from being a catcher. Oh, I know so. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. You know, I I mean, I I owe a lot to my fastball, right? Like, my fastball's got good metrics. It gets a lot of swing and a miss. But honestly, I I remember very vividly being behind the dish, like trying to backspin the ball, get it to the second base as, 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 uh, as quickly as possible. And I mean, if I can keep it like this far off the ground and if I can keep it straight on the base, like that's, that's ideal. So, I mean, to carry that over to pitching, I mean, that's, that's what that's what I attest my fastball metrics to. Yeah, it makes listen. What results are we talk about results business? It's however it's it makes sense to me. But you yeah. must look at catchers like in a different light. Like you know, it, it, it must be kind of weird, right? I mean, like you don't want to say, "Hey, listen." Back when I was a catcher, I was I did this, and what you should be doing is this or that or this or and maybe some of the stuff you have to keep to yourself, or maybe you subtly into hey. I would really appreciate if you did what I did when I was a catcher and do this. I don't know. Like, no, you, uh... man, I try not to, uh, try not to bring it up. Uh, usually, usually when somebody sees like the, for instance, the reel that I posted last night on Instagram, uh, where I talked a little bit about my, about my baseball story. So probably I'll go to the field today and there will be some people that didn't, didn't know that I caught ever in my life or didn't even know that I've only been pitching for what, five, six years now. So, um, I try to, I try to, try to not bring it up just because it's like there's no point to it. Um, most of the time, right? Like nobody really likes the guy who's just always got the yearbook open. Um, <laughs> but no, that's, so that's I, a great way. No, I mean, but I, I, uh, I don't try to bring it up, but I do watch catchers. I feel like a little bit differently than most. Like I'm taking note how they manage the bullpen. I'm taking note how they manage their pitchers. I'm taking note. Um, you know, how much they like catching bullpens. I feel like the best catchers that I've been around uh, really love catching bullpens because that's where the relationships with your pitchers are formed. Like, like there's so much more confidence to in the game with a catcher that you've struggled through bullpens with, where you've been trying to fill things with, where you've made, where you've maybe made developmental risks in hopes of getting better with your delivery and you change something. And, you know, just because they have that history, that backlog of when you're in the game now, it's like they can call, they can call mound visit, come up to you and say, Hey, um, you know, I'm noticing that you, I noticed that, that you're getting a little more rotational. We're working really north to south, uh, get back on your line and stay linear or something like that might be a little bit more help than, Hey, just give me a second to breathe. You know what I mean? And I think that, I think that, um, the best catchers that I've, that I've played against, played with, I feel like. They take they take the uh, they take the opportunity to catch bullpens so that they can work with their pitchers and they the, the pitchers can have more confidence with them in the game. Yeah, you know, go ahead. That was something I enjoyed doing as a catcher. I loved catching bullpens. Yeah, you know, it's funny you said that because I when I was out there waiting for Merrill Kelly to be bombarded with insults, the was I was watching uh, Nola was come, Nola came out for his pregame, and then Real Muto came out 
But watching, I was almost as fascinated as, as Real Muto, what like he was going through, like his process mm-hmm. of getting ready. Of you know, there was, you know, first of all, I'm like, how is the catcher that flexible? He's like doing leg kicks over his head. Like, what is happening? So it's, uh, but I, I, I totally hear you. I, I find it fascinating. So, um, yeah. But any other, before I let you go, any good stories from the week? Any, we, we like nothing. I mean, you already told some good stories, so it's, I got to start, got, got start bringing some more with this. I got to start bringing. No, some no, more. no. That's it's okay. It's okay. I just, it's, it's all good. Is you already, you know, you've already told a bunch of good stories and a bunch of good insight. So, um, I really appreciate everything. And and listen, it's it was a roller coaster since since we last talked, which is part of the deal, man. Like it's this is yeah. good, right? So, oh yeah. No, I appreciate your time, man. I really, I uh, really enjoyed doing this.